You're listening to a message from Spindle City Vineyard. Connect with us or find out more at spindlecityvineyard.com. Great. Yes, it's good to see you all. Um, my name is Perla. For those of you that don't know me, hi, Lauren. <laughs> I'm part of the team that serves here at this church. And it's so good to see you. Welcome on the other side of the screen, too. Um, it's been wonderful. I love it when God really tights everything, every song with what he has for us today in the message, and he just did it today, and you're going to see why in a moment. Um, but first, we have been going through the whole Bible together, reading, okay, and we just started the New Testament. We started with Imani, who introduced us to the book of Matthew with the genealogy of Jesus, okay, how he came to fulfill everything God spoke about him as Messiah, as the promised one in the Old Testament. And then with Brittany, okay, he, she continued through the book of Matthew again, finished the first chapter. And I just happened to have the beginning of chapter 2, which just happens to be one of the most popular Christmas stories. And it's perfect timing. Like, okay, I just was telling God, I, I don't know how you do this because it was just chance, but with him there are no coincidences. Okay, so there's something important that he wants to talk about to us today through this story in chapter 2. The first 12 verses talk about the wise men. How many of you know the story of the wise men coming, okay, bringing what to Jesus? Gifts. Yes, frankincense, myrrh. Gold, yes, it's a very well-known story. Okay, so I just picture these two questions. Okay, so question one for you. Okay, there's one slide there with question one. What is the best gift ever given to you? And you don't need to tell us, or you, if you want to tell us, you can share. Yes, our children. Okay, best gift ever given to you. It could be another present, but I agree with Caroline. Yeah, my children. Yeah, best ever. How does that gift make you feel? Yes, there's exactly no words. It's just everything inside, right? Like, ah, oh, yes. It's so big that you have no words, right, to express or describe it, okay? Question number two, just turning it a little bit around. What is the best gift you have given to someone else? And maybe we might think a little bit harder, okay? But yes. That is such a, wow. Well, yes, the gift of life itself or the gift of time, those are really big gifts. And why do you give those gifts? Love. Yeah, because there's something inside you. There's always a motive behind. You want to love others. You want to somehow express to another person that you love 
them, that you care, acknowledge them in some way, that it's important and meaningful, right? Well, that's what we're going to see today. I was thinking, well, if Matthew recorded this, because remember the Gospels were recorded after Jesus was crucified and he came back to life and he went to heaven, he sent his Holy Spirit, and after that, these four people wrote what they had seen Jesus do, right? So it's the way I'm imagining, it's like there's somebody very important coming to visit Spindle Village, uh, the church, right? Spindle City Vineyard. And only four journalists are allowed to come and witness the event. Each of those four is going to record a different point of view, right? So this is what they did. Matthew is the only one that decided I'm going to record this. So I just started asking, like, why? Why was that so important to Matthew that he just thought that he needed to record that for all of us through history? Just read about and know about, okay? So there's something that I call gifts because they brought gifts, the wise men, and postcards. And what I mean by postcards is when we think about the story, we all have some kind of image or picture that it's inside of our minds already, right? So I have like three of these postcards that I have in my mind, okay? The first slide is going to be something like this, right? The three wise men, Riding on a camel at night, it was common in that time to travel at night, and they are following the start. That's a common postcard. Is that for you too? What do you think? Is that true or false? That's true? That's true? Okay, we'll find out later. Okay. It was very hot during the day, and they were three, and they rode camels. Okay, okay. Second postcard. And this is a very common one, okay? We see them and they each have, each has a gift and they bring this to baby Jesus. True or false? True. All right, we'll find out. <laughs> okay, postcard number three and the last one. And this is very common too, right? We see it in movies or in really just... Christmas cards, and we have the baby, and we have the shepherds, and we have the wise men offering the gifts. True or false? False? All right. Okay, we have one false. Okay. Okay, so we're going to find out what's a myth and what's a fact just by what, seeing what Matthew just recorded for us. Okay? So... Let's pray. Let's invite the Holy Spirit and let's see how this goes. But I know Holy Spirit has, has something really big for us in his heart. So, Father, we thank you and we ask you, Holy Spirit, just continue moving. Thank you for your presence. We ask you to come. Open our eyes. Touch our hearts and our minds. Let us see you, the splendor of Jesus and the majesty of Jesus. Make it real for us this morning. 
keep moving and keep touching, keep speaking. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. So keeping in mind these three postcards, we're going to read the 12 verses, okay? Try to pay attention on the details. I always tell my kids when I read them something, try to imagine the movie in your mind, okay? So try to put yourself in the text. Try to just visualize everything that we're going to be reading. That's going to help a lot. And then we'll talk about why is this important, okay? I'm going to use the ESV version, but I added, inserted some of the message words, okay, because they come from the original language, and it's just like a clearer view, okay, of what Matthew wanted to express. So this is what we read, Matthew 2, verses 1 to 12. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, Wise men, a band of scholars from the east, came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. He was terrified, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes, this is from the Old Testament, the experts in the Old Testament, of the people, he inquired of them when the Christ, the Messiah, was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. So this is the Old Testament coming here. And they quote, and you, O Bethlehem, the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd or will rule my people, my Israel. And they end the quote. And this is from the Old Testament, Micah 5.2. So if you remember that we talked about Micah. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly, pretending to be as devout as they were, and ascertain from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, that I, too, may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They couldn't contain themselves. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then. Opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by other way. So why is this important? And the picture I had was like, okay, like Holy Spirit saying, let's go behind the scenes and the making of this scene. <laughs> 
what happened here? <clears throat> first, the first myth is that we picture the wise men coming to baby Jesus. And the text, Matthew tells us that it's after he was born. And they came to the child. And the word there is like a toddler, like maybe a two-year-old, which is more or less when the, the star appeared, not a baby. So they came, and Jesus was not a baby in a manger anymore. He was more like a one- or two-year-old. And they got these gifts. So that tells us that these wise men took all this time to travel from months to maybe up to two years, okay, to just look for Jesus, left everything just to come and see him. But what is really most um, amazing to me was that all the researchers, historians, and uh, everybody that has gone into studying this piece of Matthew say that these wise men had the same title that they used to give to the very important people in the courts in the time of Daniel. Do you remember in the Old Testament when we talked about Daniel? That he became chief of the magicians of the kingdom. Then he was supposed to be teaching the others. And because he was in such important position, the historians say that he very possibly talked about the prophecies about the Messiah. And it went from one generation to another generation to another generation of these important wise men in the courts of kings. And besides that, these people were so powerful that everybody in that region knew that when they were present anywhere, they were to be feared because they had the power to put kings as kings and take them away as kings. They just had to speak, and the whole kingdom would change. And that's why Herod was terrified, because he was just saying, these important people. Okay, so they were not traveling just three by themselves. They used to have whole caravans with a lot of people serving them and with treasures just following them. And it was something that it was impossible to not see. So God gave me the perfect picture because this weekend I was watching with my daughter the movie Aladdin. Have you seen that movie? Not the cartoonish one, but the one with real actors. Yes, with Will Smith. And he asked, Aladdin asked from the genie to become a prince, okay? And then he makes this grand entrance in the town. And I was like, that's perfect. Because that's more or less what it looked like when these wise men entered into the town. It was impossible to not notice. There was a lot of people, treasures, serving them. And these important people came to town. And, oh, are they going to take Herod away as king? Are they going to put another king? They just have to say the word and it's going to be done. And he came. They came. They knew the prophecies. These prophecies started like 600 years before this happened in the time of Daniel. So you can imagine all the expectation. These men saw the fulfillment of the prophecy and they just thought, we have to go for it. This is it. It's now. We have to go and see because now there's a new king. And nobody gave him the title of king. This kid is born king already. 
It's the most important king ever, and you just have to go and see him. It's really, really powerful. So Matthew is saying, this is important because it fulfills the prophecies from the Old Testament and officially validates them because these king makers came and declared, you are king. And the gifts that they brought, they were gifts that important, really, people in the court would give to other kings. They would give them gold and myrrh and incense. They were very expensive and lots of other treasures. And by doing that, they were saying, Jesus, you are king. That was a decree. It was officially declared. And everybody would know, like, wow, they came to acknowledge the king. Jesus as the king of kings. The Old Testament being fulfilled. An official thing before everybody's eyes. So I thought the postcard picture that I had has to change. And I found two really good ones. One is there. This is more accurate. Okay, you see Jesus already walking, right? And the kings, but behind them there are like chests. There's a lot of treasures and servants, but they are, and they are offering this kingly gift, declaring that kingship. And the second picture that I found, it's this, because I cannot help but see that they rejoice. They couldn't help themselves. And this, I just thought, this is a beautiful picture. They are smiling. They were not like serious people. They were really, I, I just imagine them like leaping and dancing or something. They were really, really joyful that after hundreds of years, they are seeing with their eyes the king of kings. And they officially declare that this is the king of kings. And that's what Matthew is telling us. This story is important because it declares the reality to all the Jews in that time and everybody else after that time. This is the deal. This is it. This Jesus is the king. Period. He is king of kings. So we're going to read again. I'm going to read just a, like a little portion with this new perspective, okay? Just imagine the weight that it has now. It's official. And I'm going to stress the word behold because we see this word and we don't think too much about it. But the meaning in the original word uh, language is, look, look at this, pay attention. Or like in my perilous version would be like, can you imagine this? You won't believe this, right? When you're reading to the kids and you want to get the attention, it's like, guess what? Okay, so this is what Matthew is saying. He's putting all these expectations. So he says, after listening to the king, they went on their way, the wise men, and look, you won't believe this. We, guess what happened? The star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They couldn't contain themselves. And going into the house, they saw this child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And then opening their treasures, 
they acknowledge him as king. They offer him gifts, kingly gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. He is king. So what I felt was, okay, Lord, you are really speaking something important here to us. Going through Matthew, this is the third Sunday, the first Sunday, Imani told us hope has a name. And his name is Jesus. Last Sunday with Brittany, she told us freedom has a name. And that name is, or hope has a name, it's Jesus. And I was thinking, you just revealed the reality of this king. And I just thought this means, really means new life in a new way. A new life has a name. And his name is King Jesus. Because Jesus came as a baby. He came as a king. And since the very moment he was born, he was And him being king, he came with his kingdom. And if you believe in Jesus, guess what? You belong to, to this kingdom. And this verse came to my mind. It's Colossians 1.13. Uh, I didn't write it there, but it's 1.13. It says, God the Father has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, the kingdom of Jesus. And I just love that picture that we once were in darkness. I always tell my kids, I remember how it was before I knew Jesus. I remember the emptiness. And when he came, I really felt this transfer. You are not in that domain anymore. You have been transferred to this kingdom under King Jesus. This is new life. And it has to do with citizenship. He tells us that we are citizens of heaven. So for those of you that know me, you know that originally I was born in Mexico. And if you know my story, God was the one that brought me here. And he has been so good that he gave me the citizenship of being an American now. That means that I have all the rights and privileges and blessings of this country. And that tells me that all of us, if you're in the kingdom of heaven, if you are under King Jesus, you have all the blessings and privileges and rights of being a citizen in the kingdom of heaven. So he was asking us, are you living like a citizenship of my kingdom? And that's what we're going to be praying today. Because I was going through this week with this message, and it was really just big in my heart. And there was a time that I told him, these wise men brought to you this amazing gift. It's the treasures of the earth. I cannot imagine how much gold and jewels and everything that they got to him as a king. And I told him, what can, be, what can I bring? Like, just my little life here. And I just sent him saying for all of us, yeah, your life. Because to him, your life is more valuable, more precious than all the gold on the earth. 
and he wants us to bring our lives to him, to be his representatives of this new kingdom that we are supposed to be living in. We are his ambassadors, he says in the Bible. You are the ambassador of this kingdom because of Jesus, your king. So what I felt that he wanted us to do, and we're going to do things a little bit different today, we're going to go into ministry time. I did it! <laughs> yes! Just remain seated. Usually we ask like to move or something, but I, uh, we felt that just remain in your seat. And I'm going to invite you, if you feel comfortable, to close your eyes and just think about what God has spoken to us. And I just remember this ceremony when I became a citizen. It's really just powerful to say the words of the Pledge of Allegiance. And I just felt the Holy Spirit saying, like, can, can we do that for him? Like, your own Pledge of Allegiance to Jesus, to King Jesus. And that means that we renounce to any other allegiances that you might have still, I don't know, maybe carrying from the kingdom or the domain of darkness. You don't belong there anymore. You have been transferred to the kingdom of light. So we're going to pray. I'm going to pray too. And you pray these words or your own words, okay? This is a pledge of allegiance to King Jesus. I'm going to put my hand in my heart just because I feel it. For me, it has this meaning like, okay, this is my heart. So, Father, we are here before you, and we thank you for Jesus. We ask you just to show us Jesus in all his majesty and splendor this morning. And we pledge allegiance to you, Jesus. I pledge my allegiance to you, King Jesus, and no other. I renounce to any allegiances that are not you. And I just decide this is my life, and it is all yours. And from today on, Holy Spirit, just help me be a good representative of your kingdom, a good ambassador. What does it mean to be a good ambassador? I want to know how that looks like. But thank you because you have transferred us to the kingdom of King Jesus. 